Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Kansas City's owned this so far in this game. They've got to go back to the Brady sneak or something, don't they? Oh, they're killing it. Usually means a motion and a run out wide to the right. Here's the handoff and to the end zone is Sony Michelle and the Patriots are back in front. Third and nine, Tony. Well, they got to block the front. If Gronk's not outside, you got to chip with him, chip with him, and throw the element over the middle of the field. Pass down the middle. Caught. Edelman holds on. All right, Jonathan put a poll up here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score north on 1500. You can find all kinds of on-demand audio, podcasts, written stuff. Purple Daily from earlier today was a two-hour extravaganza. All of it on scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R-North.com. And the poll results are, the question is, do you think Tony Romo called the greatest game of any color commentator in the history of the world, basically? Was it the the best big game (laughs) call ever? It was the best big game call, yeah. What would you guys think the percentages are? In the history of the world, yes. <laughs> so yes being the greatest big game call ever, no being no, it was not. What do you guys think the percentages were? I think enough people don't like him, which was, is not fair. No. I'm going to say like 20% say yes, and, and the rest say no. I was just going to say, people's dislike for Tony Romo will yeah. will affect the, the results. I'll say 30% saying yes, 70% saying no. 77% say yes. Really? It was Tony Romo's wow. I'm with greatest moment. Yes. I voted. And I'm with them. I mean, we're prisoner of the moment. Recency bias is definitely playing into this. But I, like you guys said when we opened the show talking about this, I can't remember the last time. I can't remember the last time I went to Twitter after a game. And as much as people were talking about the win, the actual winning quarterback, they were talking about the quarterback in the booth calling the game as the color commentator. People were crowning Tony Romo, the MVP of the best championship Sunday ever. Dude, I wanted so bad for him with the year that, that I think it was the year that Sam Bradford took over as Vikings quarterback. One of those years. And Tony wound up retiring, but I wanted so bad for the Vikings who are known for just squeezing one last year out of a guy. He's Warren Moon. Kidding. He's not kidding. We he went did. on a, a campaign for two months around here, hoping that Tony Romo would dress up in purple for one year, just one year, see what happens. And, Okay, I think you. I think you did, and I tolerated it. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. I say we, but it was really it was just, you. Just I didn't me. know you carried this torch for Tony Romo. I had no idea. I am Muhammad Ali, nineteen ninety six. Like probably shouldn't be carrying the torch, but I am. 
Here I am. <laughs> Lighting the cauldron, Phil Mackey, the Romo cauldron. Yeah. Uh, let's take one more call and then a couple Vikings-related tie-ins from yesterday's games. Mark in St. Louis, you're on with Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Okay, a couple of things before my point. Uh, Jonathan, I'm from St. Louis, so you don't have to worry about hating on soccer. We're the birthplace of America. There we go. Uh, Rami, go Cardinal Nation. Cubs suck. Can I hang uh, up on this guy? Is that, is that possible from where I am? Phil, a Mazel Tov cocktail. I know, I know. To you I know. We were, Mazel Tov to you, too. We were joking during the break. Do a Lahaya maneuver on somebody when you're joking. The amount of tweets that came in, like, dude, you said Mazel Tov cocktail, not Molotov cocktail. Like, oh. That happens the best yeah. And then finally, Judd. Yeah. You're disingenuous when you don't say you hate teams. You hate the Wild, you hate the Wolves, you hate the Twins, and you hate the Vikings. I'm a tough parent. Tough love. That's oh what I bring. Dear, I think you're an abusive parent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be true. And it's not true about the Twins. The Wild, definitely. Yeah. Well, what I called about, the final two-minute challenge. Give the uh, three regular challenges against timeouts. After two minutes, if a team challenges... They lose 15 yards or mm. 10 yards. You make it so that if they're going to make that challenge, they've absolutely got to be sure. That saves the ticky-tack challenges. That would be like yesterday. That would have been an obvious challenge. They would have won it and go for it. That way, if it's a holding challenge or a pass interference challenge, that is just a, you know, it's a, the call on the field, which none of us have a problem with if it's close. This would take care of that. Nobody's going to want to lose that kind of yardage in the last two minutes. And uh, I think that would take care of it. All right, Mark, thank you for, for the phone call. I love that idea. That's one way to do it. I like that. Because then, then you're not going to throw a flag for, for the sake of hoping that they see something. Right. But if we have a call or a non-call like we did on Sunday, it definitely gets overturned or changed. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I like it. So you'd be penalized ten yards if you challenged and were and were correct. Incorrect. Correct. Which is hockey came up with a rule like that a few years back. They allowed teams to challenge offsides, but then the problem was it just started to be like, hey, there's a goal. Let's challenge. Yeah. So the next year after that, they said if you do it and you're wrong. It's a delay of game penalty. Yeah, and, and I, now teams do it, but not nearly as much. Also, this whole this whole notion of trading yards for a loss of a challenge instead of would you also trade a timeout? Or he said if you're out of timeouts, is right. that what he said? Yeah, or I, inside two minutes yes, is what he said. Inside okay. of two minutes. Okay, I kind of like the idea of trading yards instead of timeouts, but there's so many different avenues to explore on is this. Is that more of a of a detractor for you if you're a coach to challenging if they're taking yards away rather than timeouts? I would be much more willing to challenge if I was only losing yards, especially in the first half or the third quarter. The Patriots are brilliant at just not burning timeouts. If you notice, the Patriots always have three timeouts at the end of almost every game. They don't well, they have their ducks in a row to the point where they don't have chaos at the line of scrimmage. They, they have a head coach at quarterback basically. So rarely do you see them super confused with four seconds left on the play clock. Brady just figures it out. But they always have a chance to come back late in games because they save those timeouts. So if you could trade something other than timeouts on a coin flip challenge and still preserve the three at the end of the game to make a comeback, I think it'd be 
think it'd be more valuable. Let's take a call from John in Minneapolis here. Hey, John. Hey, how are you, do- how are you guys doing? What's going on? Hey, um, I just had a question for you guys. Uh, so in the NFL draft, if we're sitting there at 18 and Kyler Murray happens to be there, um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you guys think about him. If you would draft him, maybe he's a dynamic player. So I just, you know, I just wondered if you guys would take him. Okay, thanks for the call. I, I thought, sorry, I thought that was, I thought that was going to be an officiating. An offici- I call. said this last week, absolutely. It's okay, Jonathan's still reeling from the soccer conversation. <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question, though, yes, I take him. I don't think I would. Really? No, I don't think. I think it's too early to punt on the Kirk Cousins experiment. It's done after three years. He's well, not. He's not. You're not going to. I mean, unless unless he wins a Super Bowl, I think it's a three year window is open. Win now or don't. If you like this kid at 18, I'm real tempted. That's. I think I do it. It's entirely possible that it's a three year run and and he's done here. That's that's totally possible. But I think that you've invested so much in him. That to use a first round pick in the second year of those three years, you're essentially punting on the Kirk Cousins era. You're you're wasting for for the the purposes of this incarnation of the Vikings who put so much on Kirk Cousins. You're you're wasting a first round pick, and I it's, I think it's too early in the game to do that. Boy, <laughs> all right, my. My heart says Rami's right in that, hey, you just got to ride this thing out, put some better pieces around Cousins' offensive line. Don't use line. your heart anymore. Quit. My head says he's just the 17th best quarterback in the NFL. And if you can get a franchise-changing guy, for the, if you can get your Aaron Rodgers or your Drew Brees or whatever that looks like, or your Russell Wilson for the next 10 or 15 years, and you don't think Kirk Cousins is that, and I don't, I, 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 think, I think it's a three-year run with Kirk Cousins and then they're just going to go back to either a cheaper option or yes. a rookie. And repeating that exactly. I would. I would. I would. But here's the thing: if you pull the trigger on that, Kirk Cousins is pissed, and you've now you've now you've forfeited the next two years. Basically, Ask me while if you I care if he's pissed. I'm just saying. I don't something care. to think about. I don't care. I don't think. I think he was picked. Okay. Here's the problem. The problem is he was signed with the intention that that he was, and I do believe this to be true, an upgrade on Keenum. But he was signed with the intent that he was going to make your offense good enough, but your team was still going to be carried at that point by defense, which it might be next year. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I don't think Cousins was brought on board with, with being any type of long-term solution at a position where this team year after year after year has been trying to find one. So if you think that this kid's going to fall to you at 18 and he's it, and you are this franchise, which has been looking for a quarterback forever. I think you've got to say yes and take him. Yeah, but, I know. But this team has been looking for that position to be filled for an extended period now for a long, long time. I know that they usually fall flat on their face, but won't there be people? Won't there be quarterbacks who people consider franchise quarterbacks in next year's draft and the draft two years from now? What's what's the rush? To go and take Kyler Murray now. Unless you're absolutely convinced. You go through the combine. You go through the interviews. You have the one-on-one meeting with them. You go to pro day. And you're absolutely convinced that he's the real deal and that he's the guy and that he's the next Deshaun Watson or the next Patrick Mahomes. If you, that's the only way that I would do it. If you're absolutely 100% sure that this guy is the next big thing after you do your due diligence. So that's that's definitely a fair characterization. And if that's the case, he doesn't make it to 18. I mean, Pat Mahomes, think about what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs had Alex Smith under contract. They traded up to right. get Pat Mahomes right. 
with two years left on Alex Smith's contract coming off, I think, an 11-win season. And if it wasn't the Chiefs, the Chiefs traded up for a reason because they sensed that there was probably two or three other teams ready to rock in that 9 or 10 range. It's hard at 18. You have to get lucky. 18 is kind of, it's past the point of sure fire. We know that this guy is a franchise, you know, carrying quarterback for the next 10 years. But if you thought he was that and he checked all those boxes and you kind of shrugged and passed on it because you want to insulate Kirk Cousins with a better right guard and you might pass up on a 10 or 15 year quarterback. Eh, I don't know. And is he going to play baseball or not? Because you, there's you would always, have to be convinced that, that you could convince him not to play baseball. The other problem is with that team, there's very few people I trust to to make that decision and be correct. The only guy now that I would go to and say, your thoughts, Gary Kubiak, right? Spielman, no way. Head coach would have no clue. So the only person that works for that team right now who's new that I might say, your thoughts, and they're going to be extremely important. Kubiak. Yeah, it's a that's it's an amazing world we live in where Gary Kubiak is the the guy that you're going to now. Two weeks ago, who else do you trust? And he's going to be the next head coach of the Vikings before the year's up. Write that down huh? as I stated, and write that down. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. That thing got so we put it we, <laughs> we put it up on YouTube, and people are mad at you on YouTube. Are they? This is clickbait. Yeah. No, it's not. He's actually predicted this. <laughs> you don't trust Zim. Rami. No, I don't. Packer fan. Oh, man. Actually, a Bears fan. Uh, speaking of YouTube, you can find Purple Daily every day. If you want to see some ugly mugs in a radio studio, you can you can see Purple Daily every day at noon and on demand. Speak for yourself. I'm dropping pounds as we speak. I'm not that fat. I saw myself You're on not there. that I'm fat. Not, I'm not I'm that losing fat. weight. No, I agree. Phil, I didn't say fat. I said ugly. No, I know. I was talking about myself and my own perception. <laughs> ugly, me when I ugly saw that guy. video. <laughs> Last week, I looked like a cow. I think I've dropped some pounds since last week. That's Is that why you're wearing black personally. hoodies every day now? And yeah. Dimming the lights? XXL, too. It drapes. It's like a muumuu for a guy. Uh, score North and scorenorth.com and at scorenorth on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, when we come back here, we can take uh, more of your calls and thoughts on what happened yesterday for seven hours. That was just injecting football into our veins. 651-646-8255. And start to think about the most horrible you've ever felt as a sports fan after a team that you loved lost. Because that's what the Chiefs and the Saints are dealing with today. And we can have a little therapy session when we come back, too. It was unbelievable. Our team demonstrated great mental toughness. It was a tough start. But I thought the way that he played, handled the noise, was outstanding. Uh, That play that he got off in the last play to be able to get a keeper off to Tyler Higby with Cam Jordan right in his face, getting Greg in field goal range. They felt like the players were player arrived at the same time the ball did they didn't feel like it was an interference call um look it's a tough way to lose a game um especially when you you're in a position like that to win it it's it's all the more reason why we need more replay we, we lose I mean, a chance to go to the super bowl with a call like that is, it's just disappointing but credit uh, the rams did a good job made the plays in the end when they needed to mackie and jeb with rami on the all-new score north on 1500 what is the most terrible you guys have ever felt? Jonathan, too, because Jonathan likes soccer and different sports and probably has different experiences than we have uh, in feeling terrible as a sports fan. <laughs> Let's start with Rami on this. What's the most terrible you've ever felt as a sports Mackie fan? Uplifting Mackie and Judd with Rami. <laughs> Heart ripped out of your chest, expected something positive, and got dealt 
something terrible. Cried I, too. I, I oh, I definitely cried. Okay, um, good. I'm a crier. You guys will learn that about me. Over I cried too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not hard to make cry, but it had to be. And I hate to put it this way, but this is the way that everybody remembers it and describes it and terms it. It was the Bartman game. That was baseball is my first love. It's my it's my pride and joy. It's my passion, and the Cubs are are my heart when it comes to that. And that was. That was the first time where I really felt like, okay, this is this is it. Like up until then, if you were a Cubs fan, you you just expected bad things to happen. That year, for the first time, because of the way that the season went, it seemed so charmed. You had Wood and Pryor at the top of that rotation. You had Sammy doing magical things. Two thousand three, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you you really felt like, oh, okay, this this is a charmed season. Whatever bad juju was on the Cubs up until this point, it, it has to be off. They have to have exercised those demons, and then of course those demons reared their ugly heads at at the worst time possible. And I. Everybody calls it the Bartman game, and that's that's not fair. He was just the first domino to fall, and a lot of dominoes that had to fall for them to end up losing that series. Um, and and every one of those dominoes fell and completely crushed my spirit and my soul as a sports fan. And, and your age at the time? Mm-hmm. I was that old. was that was two thousand three. Yeah. So I was twenty three, twenty four years old. Okay, yeah. I was uh, I was also. Not as big of a Cubs fan as you, but kind of grew up family in Chicago. And I remember I actually made a lifelong friend and roommate uh, in college. So I was watching the game. He was down the hall at Pioneer Hall, U of M campus. I think they've, they're either tearing it down. I don't think anyone stays in Pioneer Hall anymore. Seriously? They, the, the rumor is that Pioneer Hall is the, the is like the place that... That launched the is it the exorcism of Emily Rose? There's like haunted stories about Pioneer. That's where I lived during yeah, my brief too. matriculation. Anyways, like I heard, I I just screamed at the top of my lungs f bomb <laughs> when one of those terrible things happened in that game, and I saw some other dude walk down the steps and go out the door in the middle of the quad area and <laughs> just start screaming at the top of his lungs. Cubs hat on. So that game that game brings people together too. But. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where were you? It's like it's like the JFK shooting. Like everybody knows where they were when this tragedy occurred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What's the most terrible you've ever felt as a I sports? I think fan? it was the Viking Saints NFC Championship game. I was sophomore year of college at the time, and just a huge Vikings fan at the time, and was pumped because I was a big I was a big Brett Favre fan, and seeing him on my team was awesome to see and then that game just soul crushing i just ended up sitting in the room by myself as my roommates tried to console me just head in my hands not crying but just wouldn't say a word for probably a good two hours or so i just like leave me alone i don't want to talk yeah it was soul crushing yeah it felt that that game the whole time for two and a half hours leading up to the fourth quarter mm-hmm. you felt like they're fumbling too much there's no way it's the vikings yeah. you're still scarred from previous years and then they cross midfield. They cross midfield. And, like, and you know, like, this is, oh my God, they're yeah. they're totally going to win this game. They were toying with you the entire <laughs> time and you should have they, known it. They, oh, opened the window, they opened the window for you to buy in for probably 90 seconds. Yep. It was like 90 seconds of, oh my God, they crossed half. I told you guys, Chip Scoggins, they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Chip, wait. <laughs> I knew guy. something yeah. was coming. I knew it. Uh, mine? Uh, mine is twofold. Both have occurred in 1984. Uh, the... There was the time the North Stars and Blues went to a seven-game series. I've got it right here in the Norris Division Finals in the spring of 84. 
And I remember I was, it went seven games, it went to OT, and Steve Payne scored the game-winning goal at Met Center in OT. And I remember they, that, that OT thinking to myself, like, I was so into it and thinking, the season can't end. And then it, it occurred to me, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm invested completely in something I've got no control of. And it, it occurred to me that was odd. Now, wh- the last time, though, that I actually cried, Rami's team, that year, 84, Cubs play, play the Padres, and I had bought in cable-wise to the Cubs completely, right? So <laughs> Cubs uh, go, go to the playoffs for the first time, the postseason for the first time since they'd gone to the World Series in 1945. They make the playoffs. They crush the Padres. It, it's a best three of five back then. They crush the Padres in the first two games of the playoffs. Sutcliffe starts game one. He homers. They win like 14-1 to one or something. And then they go to San Diego, and they drop three consecutive games. And I just started crying. And that's when I said to myself at 14, I'm done here. I can't do this. I'm good from now on. It's not that I don't like teams, but I'm just done. I can't do So by the time the Vikings lost in, in their NFC title games and stuff, I cared, but I didn't care much. So you haven't cried about sports since? You haven't shed a tear over I have a cried, event? I have cried about sporting events, but not, not because I, I was invested. The last time I teared up and started to cry, Ovechkin's Cup last spring. Just because this guy had worked so long and so hard and finally got a cup. But that was an emotional outlet of, of this is really cool. I have not cried about a team's failure and, and my investment in that team since I was 14. How does it feel to be such a hardened... But, I, but I'm not because Ovechkin <laughs> won the cup and my wife's like... robot. His heart no, is calloused I'm, over. But I'm not because Ovechkin won the cup and he's carrying the cup around. And I'm like... And my wife's like, like, are you crying? And I said, yeah, this guy's worked his whole life to finally get this. So I'm not completely calloused, but I can't invest, especially in this state, I can no longer invest myself in a team to the point of where where my happiness or emotions ride on their season. I don't know what you're protecting. Open up, Judd. <laughs> I cry about people's you accomplishments. One, you get one shot at life. I don't cry for myself. I cry for the fact that I'm happy. I like to cry about things that that are are great accomplishments by people, or if people are super kind. But I don't cry about the Vikings losing. Like I just I, I can't. Well, think about the things I've seen. See, it's not that he's or that you've seen. It's not that he's calloused or that he's he's not letting us in. He's closed himself off. I think it's that Judd is operating at another level. He's operating at a higher level. He's more where, zen than we right, are. Right, exactly. He feels the joy and pain of others. <laughs> like George Bailey. It's a wonderful life. Exactly. He feels telepathical. Exactly. It's George Bailey. That's right, Mary. That's right. That's right. Losers battles. Well, this creepy old cranky old house. The my answer to the question is the 1998 NFC Championship game, in which I shut myself in my. I was I was. Let's see here, 13 years old. Okay, age is very important. High. I think here. Yes, I shut myself in my bedroom and cried uncontrollably for at least two hours. <laughs> it was terrible, but it makes sense at the time. And you go through, but the the problem is you go through that, and you just become desensitized. But then I wasn't I wasn't fully removed from like that feeling when the Vikings lost to the Saints nine years ago, the game that Jonathan's talking about. So I was I was sort of all in, and I was at a different I was at 
uh, the other radio station in town too, which was just like way more like all everyone's all in at, at, at buying into this thing, and and at the last minute I was like, yes, going to Miami, going to this or wherever it was, was it New Orleans or Miami? I think it was Miami. going to Miami. It was Miami. It was Miami, yeah, yeah. But the '98 game specifically, I had no thought as a 13 year old who had never seen the '70s Vikings fail. I had never seen Vikings trauma. It was like I saw Vikings lose playoff games, but never. Vikings rip your heart out of your chest and stomp on it. All I knew was this is the best offense the NFL has ever seen. Yes. Nobody can hold this team under 40 points. They score at will by just throwing the ball up to Randy Moss. And then Chris Carter is their bleeping secondary option. Like, and at, so at no point did I feel in danger of having those bad feelings until Gary Anderson missed the field goal with a few minutes left that would have put them up by 10 and finished the game. But even then, it was like, oh, that's that's unfortunate. But okay, still a lot, lot of time they'll here. Be fine. To, yeah, they'll be, they'll be fine. They're going to be absolutely fine. And I just remember, I think I probably broke a remote control and went upstairs and just sobbed uncontrollably for two or three hours. I think that's what it was for me with with that Cubs team too. A, I hadn't you you hear about the pain of being a fan of a certain franchise or fan base and how. They've gotten so close only to break everybody's heart so many times. You hear that, but you haven't really experienced it yourself until you were in that position. And then in both those respective years, for the Vikings, for you, and for the Cubs, for me, before the Bartman thing happened, you've just... You've 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 been fed this aura of invincibility about this team and 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 things have gone so well. You know when that year that the Bartman thing happened in 2003, Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor hadn't lost back-to-back games that they started the entire season. Yeah. The entire season. And they just needed one. Until game 6 and 7 of the NLCS. That then then they they couldn't pull off that feat one more time. So you just you you watch it and you go, yeah, no, this is too good. This is too good to be derailed. I don't care what yeah. past fan bases of this team have experienced and have had to go through. This is different. This team is too good for me to suffer that same fate. And Only- Ma- Moss was, was the same thing here. Like, Moss changed the dynamic entirely. Right. Where people said, Moss, just throw him the ball. And the weird thing about the game that Phil is talking about is the first half of that game in the Dome was a celebration. They took a lead, and it was literally like, ah, the last half, we're just going to all celebrate. They're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And what was really weird is it slowly unraveled. It was like peeling away. They give up a weird sack. Cunningham fumbles. They get a touchdown. And to watch that, that second half was like slow-mo. And watching it just slowly come apart. On the on the Rami Cubs fan front, so I'm just enough of a Cubs fan. I've been a Cubs fan my whole life, more of a Twins fan than a Cubs fan throughout my life, but just enough of a Cubs fan to have felt crippled after they lost the games that you're talking about in 03, and also when they won the World Series finally a few years ago, felt tears of joy welling up. And so my dad, who's from Kankakee, Illinois, originally, and like as a kid, we'd go to Cubs games and White Sox games, mm-hmm. but he was mostly a Cubs fan and met Ernie Banks when he was a kid and autographs and grew up watching Fergie Jenkins and Billy Williams and that whole crew from, you know, the, the 60s Cubs, right? So I was, I was, the Cubs are, it's this most, this exciting game that gets paused for what, 30 minutes or whatever. And it's drama and the Cubs win the world series. And my dad at the time, 74 years old, lives in Arizona. 
And I pick up the phone and I'm like welling up, picking up the phone, going to call my pops after the Cubs won the World Series for the first time. It rings three times and he goes, hello? And I was like, dad, isn't this crazy? And he goes, what? And and I said, the Cubs. He goes, what happened? I said, said, are you sleeping? He goes, I went to bed two hours ago. I'm like, what? No. What? You you were expecting this moment when so he I'm picks like up the phone on the right. phone yeah. and he's like I went to bed two hours ago. <laughs> he's like who died? <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike in Burnsville, you're on with Maggie and Judd and Rami. Yeah, Phil, I share that same uh, '98 memory with you. Yeah. And when you guys were talking, I thought, gosh, I haven't cried since that time. About Doesn't, six like, months ago, the uh, the song from Will Smith. He was real big at that time. About uh, we're going to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Miami, Miami. Yeah, I I was right back in twelve year old Mike in Burnsville, cheering and bawling and oh gosh, I thought that would have been their theme song that year. Bienvenido a Miami. Oh, I remember that song. Oh my god, that guy played a lot on the old yeah. station that you worked for. Yeah. Uh, Mike, thanks for the call, man. Oh, that's back. Yeah, that's way back. Will Smith in the late 90s. Hey, do we have a few minutes before the break here? I just came across something that I think you'll be intrigued by, Yeah, Phil Mackey. Uh, your love for Tony Romo and your dream, your wish, that one day he could play for your Minnesota Vikings maybe still kind of alive. He was talking to uh, Richard Deitch of The Athletic and says he's received contract offers from teams to return to the NFL, saying, quote, there are legitimate contract offers and there are, hey, what are you thinking? There was something earlier this season and definitely two times this season. Usually it's a coach that reaches out. However, he says that he plans to be broadcasting NFL games for, quote, a long time. He says, I think in some ways you are always evaluating everything, but at the same time, I envision probably doing this a long time. It would be a shock to me for to think, okay, I am done tomorrow at the same time. You cannot predict how life goes, but I do know I am happy. This is comfortable, and working with Jim Nance and our team has been terrific. He he's, left the door cracked open. He's two years younger than Drew Brees, two years younger, three years younger than Tom <laughs> Thanks, Brady. Rami. Look I really him. appreciate this. Good work. <laughs> Who else just turned 40? Didn't another prominent quarterback just turn 40? No, I think it's, oh, Philip Rivers is like 40. That's right. 39. Yeah. He's younger than Philip Rivers. So mm-hmm. he's getting phone calls. That's what he says. Kaepernick can't get a job, and and a guy who's thirty eight or thirty nine. His saw, last major injury came before the NFL went to flag football. I saw a story. <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck said he got phone calls this year. What? Matt Hasselbeck said he got phone calls this year as a backup. Who I okay. guess to come in? Yeah. Who are the teams you guys think are calling Tony Romo and Matt Hasselbeck? The Jaguars for sure, right? The Jaguars for sure called Tony Romo. Who's desperate for a? Uh, Back, uh, I'm trying to think of. No, well, Romo would be for, for a starter. starter. Yeah, Buffalo was Has pretty desperate at times this year. Buffalo had gotten into some pretty desperate With Nathan times. Nathan Peterman, yeah. that's a good one. The Raiders? John Gruden? John Gruden trying to call for his sure, old put the old co-worker. Up. Yeah, he's like, this guy. This guy, <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> I'm telling you, he can still sling it. I'll bet you the 49ers might have. 49ers had big expectations. Garoppolo went down. Romo? They might have put a feeler out to Tony Romo. You think so? Wow. Would you rather have Tony Romo now, Phil Mackey, or Kirk Cousins? Tony Romo, two years removed from the league. Oh. Or Kirk Cousins? Tony Romo. <laughs> I, I was going to say. It's not, no, it's, and it's honest to God. You, it's didn't not have even to, close. you could have asked me what I thought he was going to say, and close. I would say it's Tony Romo. <laughs> it's, it's not even close. Oh. Uh, let's wrap with Royce when we come back. It's Mackey and Judd with Rami. 
You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f***ing love it. Watch this throw. Rolling to my left. Backing up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, and and I make another throw the next time. It's like it came right out of heaven. I mean, it, had to, I, I, it like had to drop in like a butterfly with sore feet. It had to drop in like that. Like a what? Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Football! Get yeah. Yes. Yes. But before we eat, we talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota. And we go in and we find out how we can receive up to $1,000 off service courtesy of Toyota. Because now through the end of February, if you have any service done, you'll be eligible to receive $1,000 off said service courtesy of Toyota. That's right. Bring your vehicle in now through the end of February, and you could have up to $1,000 on your service bill paid by Toyota. So if you've been putting off something, maybe you've got a list of things that need to be done because it's going to be kind of expensive. Well, this might be the kick in the butt that you need. Chance to get $1,000 off your service bill. Some restrictions apply, and if you have any questions, you can contact my friends in that service department that I've been going to since I was 16 years old and my family for 30-plus years. Luther Brookdale Toyota. It's very easy to find. It's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. They'll help you get back on the road enjoying a smooth and safe ride. You can also visit the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. And this 57-yard try would be a Rams postseason record if it's good and would send Los Angeles to Super Bowl 53. That snap. The kick is good. Rams win it. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Pat, the, uh, yes. the overarching thought I had watching the Rams-Saints game yesterday, and even yes. the, the other game, too, was just how much it's got to be a luxury if you're a fan of the Rams or any of these teams. Your kicker lines up, whether it's a 35-yarder or a 57-yarder, and you're fine. If you're a Vikings fan, you're not feeling that way. Cody Parkey might not have made it either. He might have, he might have kicked it <laughs> off something. You know, He might have kicked somebody in the head with it or something like that. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was uh, something, but I can tell you, uh, we don't have the great Will Kane on the station anymore, right? We got him to back it up. We back. Uh, he's kind of a backup guy now. He's a, he's a backup, yes. Uh, well, you know, God love him. I heard him on the radio down here today, and he gets on a guest, and oh, he had uh, who do you have on? He had uh, Saturday, Jeff Saturday, and he said. Is there a chance this isn't over yet now that the Saints might be able to appeal this and, uh, you know, they would play it over or something like that? I mean, what? come on. And he was asking this in all seriousness. There's a rule that, that they can do that, yes. Oh, really? The yeah, commissioner well. can could force them to play again. Yes. Oh, so there's a bad call, and we're going to play the game all over again. I love it. Let's God do almighty. it. Let's play. Can we do it tonight? <laughs> what? Yeah, they have to do it tonight. You know. Yeah. <laughs> How much wacky tobacco is this guy smoking, for goodness sakes? That's, uh, you know, anyway, that's but, sometimes we just get really carried away. Bad calls have been uh, a part of the NFL before replay and after replay, and that's just, there are no bad no calls, and that's just the way it works. That's the way it goes. But that's an actual rule, and this is Reese here, by the way, Pat. That's an actual. <laughs> that's an actual rule that the that the, the commissioner can exercise yes. no, executive there's, there's power. Some, there's some clause in there that 
you know, he can, you know, uh, you know, like Trump building the wall, he can uh, have emergency right. powers. Declare national emergency. Is there a national yeah, football yeah. emergency right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, guy, the guy ran a the guy ran into a receiver about uh, four steps early. So I guess we're going to play the game over. Come on, let's stop being idiots here. I think Pat. Uh, Pat, I think if, if you look back to January of 2010, I believe that there were some people in this town calling for that very rule to be yeah, invoked at yeah, that time as well. Again, because we yes. uh, we tackled Brett too hard. Although uh, he did uh, probably get high load there a little bit. You know what? Uh, replay has been the worst thing that ever happened to the NFL, in my opinion. Let's let's just let these stooges uh, screw it up. I was talking Phil today uh, and uh, and Robbie. I was talking to uh, I was talking to Judd today on the. Uh, and by the way, Judd, I got a question for you. Yeah. On the uh, on the unchanged. Unchanged. Yeah. Why was I talking so loud the whole time? You were. Yes. That's Jonathan, not me. Loud. I'm just there. Jonathan, was, was Pat talking was, too loud? It was very annoying. You didn't sound that loud. And and, and and to me, it was annoying to me. I couldn't figure out why I was talking uh, Were your loud. headphones anyway. turned up too high in Fort Myers? No, I was just talking loud. I don't know why. Uh, I was like Sid. I was screaming. Well, how about this? How about this? <laughs> Perhaps it's just age. How about this for Well, people can find out for themselves in about 15 minutes right here on Score North yeah. or 1500. Unchained was great as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Well, anywho, anywho, I'm cooking, by the way, fellas. So uh, I'm busy here. But uh, uh, the, the how can that the Edelman punt be considered to be irrefutable evidence? What? When did we go from irrefutable evidence to yeah, probably he might have missed it? When? When did that happen? And 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 everybody. You know, the guys doing the games, they keep saying, well, it has to be irrefutable. No, it doesn't. They just take their what they think is their best guess now. It's just like baseball. They've changed that completely. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's, a, that's a play that we actually haven't really talked a lot about, if any, on the show. And it looked at live speed. Didn't it look like he for sure he touched it? And it's, at triple slow motion speed, it didn't look for sure like he didn't touch it. Yeah, that was my so whole thing. How can you change? How can you change the call? I don't get it. I couldn't tell whether or not he touched it on the replay. And the way I always interpreted things, Pat, was that if it's inconclusive, then the play on the field stands. <laughs> had they said originally, had the call on the field been that he didn't touch it, I don't think there would have yeah. been enough there to reverse it either. Well, you I are, just you are repeating everything they said on TV for twenty three minutes. <laughs> hey guys, guys, you come in. And then they said, eh, you know, uh, we want to have Brady uh, Brady uh, still get a chance here, so uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to change that. They are making it up as they go. They changed a rule, the catch rule, in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> they did. They morphed the rule and decided to change it, and they didn't tell anybody but the officials. They, did, they sent it to your snail mail, actually. Is that you what it was? Check it more often. I'm watching yeah. the game, and the catch rule all of a sudden makes sense after the entire season it didn't. Okay, now here's another question. Not, uh, not as an athlete by any means, strength, speed, all of those things. Is Tom Brady, the, as far as being successful in what he does, the greatest athlete of our lifetime? Has he surpassed Tiger Woods, who I believe to be the greatest athlete of my lifetime, as far as dominating his sport? Has Tom Brady surpassed him now? 41-year-old quarterback. 
I think it's, it's astounding. I think if you if you're just looking at a, a a bleep you list, like in the biggest moments, the brightest lights, Tiger Woods would be high up on the bleep, and I'm going to take this. Um, this is my championship, and Tom's got to be in that mix. Where yeah. LeBron, you give him the ball in my lifetime, yeah. Gretzky. There's about five of them. Yeah, but LeBron gets beat once in a while. Well, this guy might get beat again Sunday, but uh, it's 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 amazing to me that he can go out there and put up 37 points. Uh, you know what they run? 95 plays. They ran 95 plays. They ran. How about this? Yeah, they ran 95 plays. They had one play that went for a loss, and it was the kneel down, or really? like before the overtime period. Well, that was, you know, they, they they really stifled Kansas City the first half because they never let them have the ball. Yeah. Never had the ball. It should have been 21 to nothing if they didn't run that stupid play on the goal line. But uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I I hate the NFL, and you can't stop watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, uh, we, we've got, uh, coming up in 10 minutes, we've got the full Unchained episode. Give us your best reason why people should stick around and listen to uh, Royce Unchained tonight. Try to figure out why I'm, why I'm screaming. That would be my... Why, why am I talking so much? If you find out, tweet me. Let me know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I was enthused today. I was, uh, I was really fired up. I, I don't know why. But uh, I was... Uh, because I guess... There was such, uh, you know, sports at its sports at its zenith yesterday, but in a weird, morbid way. And uh, you know, it was maybe, maybe that was it. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, I feel sorry for the Saints. How about the rest of these uh, Viking fans out there? Do you agree with me on that one? Do you feel <laughs> sorry for the Saints? <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, we've been looking at the mentions on Judd's article asking that question today, and the answer is no. Vikings fans do not <laughs> no, feel sorry all, for the Saints. They cheated because they beat up poor Brett. They cheated. Yeah. All right, Pat, Royce on chain coming up, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. All right, I'll tell you how my uh, hamburger hot dish turned out. Ooh, that sounds really good. good. Okay. Right. Thanks, okay, Pat. Oh. Didn't know that he was a hamburger hot dish connoisseur. 94 plays for the Patriots run on Sunday to 47 for the Chiefs. 47? 94 to 47. Good God. Was the um, difference. How long do you guys think Tom Brady does this? Not plays for, but plays at this level for does he do this for another four years no i think he's about i would say two more years i was gonna say i was gonna say one i think you're probably right i'd say two and i do think that he is going to play until he has a, a year in which we all say oh my god you shouldn't have done this i don't think he's gonna have the foresight to pack it in just in time i think he's gonna have a monumentally awful Etched in your burned in your brain season, in which I say, "Why didn't you know, Tommy? Why didn't you know?" <laughs> it'll be injury that it'll be similar to Brett Favre, where he just has to be unconscious on a frozen tundra of some kind, <laughs> like twitching a little bit. Am I going to retire now? <laughs> Stiff arms. <laughs> That's right. Rigid arms. I, oh, I forgot about that. That's right. He was late. You're right. <laughs> We're laughing at a man's brain trauma. <laughs> Came into the presser that that night. He's the he's the that game is the reason why now, if a guy suffers a concussion, he can't talk to the press after the game. He was cross-eyed and speaking Spanish. He did. Well, <laughs> we're all like, we were all like, Brett's not going to talk. He was laying there motionless. He's clearly knocked out. Right. And sure enough, through the door. Hey, he's a gamer. Was I concussed? Maybe. <laughs> 
It's like, my God, what are you doing? God. That was my favorite thing about Brett Favre press conferences was that he conducted the press conference himself. He yes. would ask himself like 18 questions in a row. He'd be like, well, should I, should I keep playing? I don't know. Can I keep doing it at this level? Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, his pressures were great. <laughs> Did I have fun last year? Kind of. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole press conference. And then he would say stuff he shouldn't say. My entire team was hurt, and here are all the I- injuries. I mean, let me just pull out the injury report. So and so dislocated. So and so dislocated his shoulder in Sunday's game. Can he play? Maybe I don't know. Can I ask you guys a quick, quick question? And this will maybe be a good chance to uh, educate me on this fine state that we live and work in. Because it's not the first time I've heard it. What is uh, what's hot dish? Can somebody explain to me hot dish? Mm. How would you, would you explain hot dish to an outsider? Have you heard of casserole? Yes. It's the exact same thing, just a different name. Okay. Yeah, that's, right. that's fair. Thanks. Yeah. It's the exact same thing, just a different name. Just call it's, it, if you're in this state, call it hot dish. Otherwise, people will not do nice things. Yeah, to it you. usually involves like and cream of mushroom soup. Uh, the gray duck thing is weird. That got weird, weird for a while. It is weird. What is that? It's no, Duck what? Duck Grey Duck for some reason. Instead of oh, Duck Duck that was we're, not, the, we're, we're the I only know. state that says it that way. Duck Duck Grey Duck. Yeah, Duck Duck yeah, Goose. And Chad Greenway just released a new vodka <laughs> called Grey Duck uh, yeah. Vodka, too. Yeah. Oh, he did? Good for him for capitalizing. I didn't the realize way. that. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> he wasn't even on the team at the celebration last year, and he capitalized. And we call, we call um, a soft drink pop. Yep. And I think in We Wisconsin, do that, too, in Chicago. They call it soda. Yeah, yeah. And and Wisconsin's got bubblers, right? Yes, that's what they okay. call water fountains out there what? for some reason. Yeah, bubblers. they call water fountains bubblers. And Wisconsin calls them rose bowls. We call them <laughs> usually something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, a quick lane bowl. So, for example, what would a hamburger hot dish entail? That that Patrick Royce is cooking up right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it depends what your spin is, but usually some sort of a, a base helper. of yeah, a cream of mushroom soup with some some ground up hamburger, maybe some peas. Sometimes people even put tater tots in the hot dish to make like a tater tot. That's actually really good. Yeah. It's bad for you, but you're it's trying good. to ask a guy on cooking stuff who's. Diet consists of corn dogs and only corn dogs. I'm not. I'm out of this conversation. We know they have at the state fair. They've got hot dish on a stick, and I've had that, and it is amazing. It looks like a corn dog, but oh, instead of a so hot good. dog in the middle, it's really? they just fill it's it with so uh, good. with hot dish with or casserole, whatever. Or whatever. It yeah. is one of my must gets when I get to the state fair. Now I'm going to call it year. hot dish. I want to fit in around here. I yeah. want to endear myself to the people of Minnesota. So from now on, casserole is hot dish. Are you sure about that? Mm, maybe we'll see. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Do I want to endear am myself I, to Minnesota? Maybe. 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 Do I like hot dish? Sometimes. <laughs> Do I like it here? I don't know. Is it really just casserole? Probably. <laughs> yes. The best part about the hot dish on a stick is you dip, they give you something to dip it in. Judd would dip it in ketchup, but they give you mm. a little thing ketchup. of gravy to dip it in. Yeah. So yeah. if you're looking to just drop dead on the spot sometime. So things on a stick things on a stick and gravy are still fixtures at your estate fair? Oh, yes. oh okay. I'm going to be, right, I'm gonna be right at home yeah. here. This yeah. is, is going to work out just fine. Yeah, just yeah. wait. Yeah. So I'm excited to you're introduce Robbie pounds. to the state fair. <laughs> oh. uh, you can find... Go, go ahead, go ahead. At the Wisconsin State Fair on the uh, show I worked at previous to here, every year we'd do the uh, Rami State Fair Food Challenge where I would be blindfolded. They would take some fried food on a stick, uh, put it in my mouth. I would take a bite and try and guess what it is. Well, we will be doing that for sure. I think we sure. may be stealing a segment. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're original, if nothing else. <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rami. See you guys tomorrow.